Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome to Stop Hammer Time. And it's a celebratory hammer time this <laughs> evening. Uh, Jim Grant. Jim Grant's here. I'm Jim, celebrating. Hello, I'm, yes, I've got you a party hat on. Uh, yep. I've got some balloons. Fantastic. We've got a win. Yes. We haven't seen a win for a long, long time. I can't remember um, the last time I saw a win. Those little flashes on the on the uh, far side of the table in, in Match of the Day, there's five, and ours was all red, uh, which was losses. And I can't remember what this, uh, <laughs> at the point we had lost to Arsenal. I can't remember what the sort of sixth result back in time was. Oh, but yeah. I think that might have been a draw. Yeah, I mean, probably we was. Actually, hadn't won a game of football oh, in yeah. two months. Yeah. Yes, West Brom. So it was a draw. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now, yes. also joining me, and uh, it's a very exciting moment because it's it's worlds collide. Uh, because um, <laughs> I don't look at a huge amount of uh, sort of social media stuff or, and internet stuff to do with West Ham. I simply don't have the time with my busy lifestyle. Um, blogs. I looked at Pete May's one. Pete is sometimes on the Hammers, Hammers in the Heart. Hammers in the Heart. Yes, yes looks at that. Good. You know, it's good. good uh, mm. I like Pete a lot. Mm. But two blogs uh, caught my eye, caught our attention uh, in the last year, and uh, uh, because in both cases they are brilliant blogs, uh, and I very much enjoy reading. The first we heard of, of course, and he's been on the show several times, uh, so it's not like I'm introducing him for the first time, Jim. Uh, is of course the blog that unites the twin subjects of West Ham United, Jim. You know what I'm talking about. I do, I do, I do. And Wagner, Wagner, West Ham United, and the works of Wagner, <laughs> and it is of course Don the Hammer. Thank you very much. Hello, Don. Delighted. How are you? I, I read your most recent blog uh, today in preparation for the podcast. It's excellent. Then, then earlier this year, somehow we were turned on to another, uh, another blog, uh, the H List, which took a look at. And I think someone just put a link, link, link mm. to it on the, uh, on the Stop Hammer Time Facebook page. And uh, it is an excellent blog. And uh, it is tremendous writing. Gordon Thrower was on here, I think, uh, uh, I think 
it was the time uh, George Mann was on here, and they were both effusing about it, and I had just discovered it, and uh, Gordon has known known it for years, and was going, "Oh God, you know, I wish, I wish I could write like this man." And it is, it is the H List uh, uh, blog, and it is James Cairns. Hello, hello, James. How are you? Uh, Head Hammer Shark is your sort of avatar uh, name, isn't yes, it? So yes, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't go by that all the time. No, of course yes, not. No, um, that would be if you use that in your life. It would be. It would be like the uh, the call sign names they have in Top Gun, uh, like <laughs> Moose and whatever, like Goose, Iceman. Well, the Iceman. Yeah, my other one. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen Top Gun. Yeah. Have we seen okay. the Jim? Have you seen uh, Top no, Gun? No no, 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 no. I've seen bits of it. You know, Don, have you seen Top yeah. Gun? I have. It's rather maverick of you not to have seen it. Aha, uh-huh. that is one of the cool sign names in yeah. it. Uh, James, have you seen it? Uh, yeah, saw it for the first time when I was about 30. And, Did you? Yeah, um, yeah. Wasn't really um, entirely sure what all the hype was about, but no. I, I did notice the volleyball scene. So, right, is there a volleyball scene? There is a famous volleyball right, scene. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, you should watch it just for that. Actually. Just for that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My uh, probably my favourite film. Not the not. I don't think it's the best film ever made necessarily, but my favourite film is The Right Stuff, uh, Philip Kaufman's film about the Mercury space probe. And I sort of have a theory because it starts with um, test pilots in the in the forties. Chuck Yeager famously broke the sound barrier uh, and was a very heroic uh, test pilot who wasn't summoned up to the Mercury space program because he didn't have a degree and uh, they were using kind of test pilots uh, in that thing and uh, he was clearly the best pilot sort of in the world at the time and wasn't called up uh, because he didn't have a degree to the Mercury right. Space Program, hadn't been to college. Is that what it was called the Mercury Space Program? The, yeah with um, right. Glenn John Glenn Shepard Grissom that was the forerunner of Apollo. Yes the Mercury Program was the forerunner to Apollo. And also the forerunner of the Mercury Music Prize as well which I think it moved on to immediately exactly. It was originally the yeah. Mercury Music Prize was originally for pilots. Yes, that's right. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that bloke that landed a plane in the Hudson. Um, Sully. Yeah, yeah, Sully. Sully. Uh, yeah. He used to be in Public Enemy. <laughs> and he... Okay. He, uh, he did a lot know. of raps. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Secure Doors was one of his raps. Um, uh, <laughs> Traced with the upright position was another one. (laughs) And uh, yeah, Yeah. the Mercury, uh, yeah, yeah, Yeah. it was all, it was originally (laughs) for music written by pilots. (laughs) The Mercury Awards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Anyway, you should look at Don, uh, Don, Don, the Hammer. Don, the Hammer is uh, where where you find uh, Don's podcast. And uh, the H List is James's podcast. And they are uh, podcasts, blog, Blog. I mean, blog, sorry. They are brilliant. They are brilliant. I'm working without headphones today, and I'm finding it extremely strange. I have to say so. So any well, any, you look different. Any certainly. shitness on my part <laughs> is down to the fact that uh, I can hear my own voice as I hear it all day, <laughs> and that is slightly depressing to me. It's like a clown going on stage without his makeup on. It just feels like I, um, you know, you could so, borrow Jim's party hat. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Your hat's going to help, Don. Come on, it's, it's just dressing up in a different hat is is uh, uh, my my headphones. My headphones, in fact, because they didn't work, were functioning as a kind of hat. Uh, so that yeah, I could. But I don't think that's. I don't I think it's just quite, trying to help. I know, Don. I yeah. know, Don. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But uh, please keep your help to yourself. It, <laughs> It's, it's infuriating. Uh, we have two games of football to talk about, and uh, all four of us went to both games. 
That's eight perspectives. We're looking at a four-hour-long podcast. It's Opiniogeddon on this. Yes, we're Arsenal away, which we yeah, all went to, yeah, and Swansea yeah. at home, which we all went to. Yeah. Um, similar performances, different results. I thought. Uh, shall we start with the Arsenal game? Uh, what do we? What do we? What do we make of the Arsenal game? Oh, I thought we were really poor. Also, I, I, I don't think they were. I think we were better against Swansea. Obviously, yes, yes, not such a good opposition. But I, I was really disappointed, particularly with the second half. I like, the way we rolled over. Ooh, I mean, yeah. you know, we've seen it many times before. Obviously, it's in the kind of club's DNA to a certain extent, but. You know, they they have better players, but as Crystal Palace proved, you know, if you get in their faces and get at them, they were fragile. There was a nervy mm. arena, mm. wasn't it? Yeah, we, we could have we could have got something out of oh, that. Oh, if, if they'd been better, been... they would have scored a goal in the first half, yeah. which they failed to do, yeah, despite just, how poor we, just, we were. We, I think we had an we had an eye to the Saturday game. Everyone knew that was the kind of cruncher. Yes, I, I guess it was. Yeah. We, we we really rolled over and let them tickle our tummies, fellas. Yeah. We defended quite stoutly, I thought, in the first half mm. of the Arsenal game. But I, I mean, both games were horror shows, really. I, I think if you take out the 45th minute, the 44th minute of the Swansea game and the Lanzini bit of skill, I really would like, you know, and the Swansea game was just about the result. But they both were rubbish. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to go now. I've said my <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, James, what do you make of it? What do you make of it all? I thought the Arsenal game, I thought we were insipid. And I, I think I'm in the minority here, but it was the game that pushed me over the edge. With yes, you're yeah. the H-list uh, uh, blog in which uh, James often... Uh, um, quite heroically summons up 10 points <laughs> 10, 10 things to say about the kind of state of play of the club but also the previous game that he's seen uh, did a brilliant job in creating 10 points but but yes a lot uh, there was a there was yes a certain feeling about uh, about Slav uh, in that blog and I, and I think we'll uh, maybe once we've dispensed with the games we'll come on to that you know uh, where, where we're going next uh, uh, that sort of but also I think managers have been in the, in the news a little bit so we'll, we'll sort of talk about that um, yes very interesting Jim something we, we sort of noticed straight away is everyone's, everyone's fit Fagouli's been dropped to the bench in favour of Antonio who is still played on the left wing uh, and I think I, I don't know if he was on the left for the Swansea game until he went off. I mean, he limped out of both. No, games. he was on He's the right because um, Snodgrass got his. Was on, I believe his wish the... in playing uh, on the left hand side. Yes, um, but it was extraordinary. It was extraordinary against Arsenal that uh, the the with a lot of our attacking players nominally fit including Sacco on the bench Antonio was still not played in his right position having been played at you know right back centre uh, you know forward um, he was still not in the right place um, and it's sort of you know it's curious um, and even for the Swansea game was Ayu the out and out striker he was still he still seemed to be seemed to be at the tip at of the that wing. sort of yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I, yeah, I, I thought it was been. Antonio, so I probably yeah. was, was watching. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm never entirely sure what he's doing at any given moment. No, I, no. I would describe him what as Rodriguez. I, I don't know what, what he's doing. What is he? What is he, or what does he? What, 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 what? Where? How do we categorize him? He what is, Antonio? Uh, no, 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 no. Are you? Are you? Oh, I think I know he's, what Antonio is. He's I mean, a he really was, good right winger who doesn't get to play right wing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I contest that slightly. But okay. Let's come to that. Are, are you? He, he was bought as an out-and-out striker, but he's not an out-and-out striker. No. That's clear. 
but he does need to be playing roughly in that position. There's no point playing him on the wing. He's yeah. an approximate striker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think they did after those uh, after those targets fell through. The Lacazette. Yeah, and, but they, I they think they went for this guy, money who, burning who's hole an in their pocket, almost. Yes, an attacking midfielder yeah. that scores because he scored twenty or something. Didn't he, well, you see, he had a little scoring, you know, flurry yeah. early on in the season for Swansea. Then he went very, very quiet yeah. until he came to uh, Upton Park. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Unsurprisingly, um, but he was yeah, playing but... in a free-flowing, nice footballing side. He yes. certainly wasn't playing in a lone striker side. No, 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 no. Swansea, but and that was the role that you have to play mm. if you're going to be at West Ham. That's where we go wrong with Carroll. Yeah, because he certainly can't do it, and we go wrong. You know, I suppose the only one with potential is maybe Sacco, but he's yeah. never around. No, and no is no. he good enough? No. Um, uh, are you strange? Because he, he played in that game where Swansea beat us 4-1, tore Antonio apart, sort of ended the right-back myth or should have ended the right-back myth mm. of Antonio. Mm. We decided to solve that problem by buying IU rather than doing anything about that right-back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we played him, yeah. he was sort of normally a number 10, wasn't he, on mm. Saturday, but not close enough to the front man to no, contribute no. a great deal. Yeah. Doesn't drop back he into the He was the midfield. front man. He was no... That he, that, in the starting lineup. He was the. It, o- it, it was either be, him or yeah. Antonio yeah. that was going to be the o- the sole striker. It, you know, it meant there was more fluidity without Carroll, inevitably, and they were That's changing true. about. Yeah. Um, but, mm, again, was, you know, this sort of speaks to the the question marks over over Slaven, but but certainly Arsenal. The we seem to identify this season's pundit bud, buzzword uh, intensity as a problem when we reached our absolute nadir losing to Southampton 3-0. And when we played Palace uh, away, intensity was the kind of answer to the problem. It was like, oh shit, yeah, we've got to try hard and run and close them down and stuff. And Arsenal, it felt like we sort of just didn't do that. Um, I think in the second half, I the second half just can't remember an Arsenal player receiving the ball under pressure. No. They just in acres of space every time they received the ball. And it wasn't that they were working that hard. They no. weren't having to try hard to do that. No. I mean, sometimes when you're up against a really good team, you know, when a Man City or an Arsenal, when they're, they're really on song, they are working incredibly hard. It, yeah. look, it looks effortless, but yeah, in fact, yeah, they're yeah. working incredibly hard to create the space. But we were just giving them that that f- freedom, you know, and that space. And yeah, we're just yeah. waiting for them. We just literally waited for them to score. Good teams do work hard, don't they? We went, you and I went away to Manchester United, and it was, you know, Manchester mm. United, we were seen as kind of. Uh, 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 an underachieving force under Mourinho, not as good as uh, Ferguson and, and uh, struggling since kind of Moyes and um, uh, Van Gaal. Uh, but both of us said they work very hard. They work extremely hard. You know, yeah. they're a sort of, they are a good side. Manchester United are a good side and that's why they're good. Yeah, you know, but I mean, I think, you know, did, 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 I mean, and we, um, boy, we did. One thing I thought watching Arsenal was uh, probably the only player working really hard for us in the second half was Lanzini, and you were going, he could just be off in summer. You well, know, he's, just, he's this, it was like he's he could have just, could have just on, been his show on his own. The second the half moment. against Arsenal yeah. was he. Yeah. It was like ten outfield players. Nine of them had given up, and Lanzini was really the only one just trying to create something and make something happen around him. Well, I thought in the yeah. first half we defended stoutly, but I we thought did. we were pressuring them. I thought Chiate, am I remembering it wrong? I thought Chiate had a pretty good 
first half against Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. And then we just, at half time we were just um, it was def- we gave def- them an extra two or three feet. Absolutely, and they, they, we, they looked brilliant. Yeah, we made them look brilliant. Hard. You know, I think some we, of that was linked to Antonio going off. It though, was, right? and, and we had no outlet. He had no. burned yeah. Bellerin early on, he and, did. And, and he got booked. And, yeah. and Bellerin yeah. got booked, and you know that was a kind of promising, mm. promising moment, wasn't it? And and just unfortunately, you know, he wasn't able to stay on and ex- exploit that. Can I make my controversial Antonio point? Yeah, go yes. on. I'll, yeah. I'll, if you never invite me back, okay. Um, I do like him. And I think he's a brilliant athlete, but I'm not sure he's a footballer. I sense a big butt here. Yeah. And it's not just Jim's butt. I sense a a big butt. He's not a footballer at the level that we aspire to be. Um, Well, that's a kind of interesting thing about him, isn't it? You know, he he bundles through, people bounce off him. He has a knack of being in the right place at the right time, scoring goals, and that's all brilliant. And he seems a thoroughly good bloke. But his first touch, I think, leaves mm. a lot to be desired. And he's, as does his decision making, other than getting in the right position and knowing where to no, be. I when think he's better balls. than that. I yeah, think he is better than that. And and I think you know, I think he's proved it. And he's been very, very unlucky. I think to be you know stuck here, there, and everywhere. Just you know, him, uh, uh, he and and Kuyate, I would say, have been, have been the fall guys in all this. They they they've been used as utility players. Um, when really they are both quite specialist players, really. Mm-hmm. You know, Antonio is an excellent wide right player, and he was scoring for fun when he's played in that position. Uh, he, you know, he's he's great attacking the back post. Uh, he takes people on. He's not afraid. You know, we've got a trickier. You, you, you could argue a technically better winger in Fagouli who doesn't ever bloody well no. take his man on. No, Whereas I, Antonio's got balls. He tried, I agree. You know, those are his yeah. strengths. Yeah. But if we see ourselves as a side challenging for Europe as well, well barely trying to hit mid-table. Well, we were last. I, we were last side with Antonio firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Weren't we? Well, I think I think there's a. Uh, I think that's right. And and we we. Um, Early in the season, uh, I think we keep referring to this. And Mark Webster made a very good point: was that we're, we're with Antonio, uh, hence uh, Slav's desire to kind of convert him to a right back, is that he is he is exactly the sort of player that um, that Bilic can't really sort of process. He's managed at international level. He's managed at teams that are playing in Europe with with European players, and and the rawness of Antonio is kind of anathema to Bilic. You couldn't I, I just couldn't right. really understand what he is. And, and, and but I think that unpredictability is what makes him such a well. Me too. Player. I think you know, yeah. given that there's eleven, yeah. you have eleven players in in, in a team, uh, and actually, if one of them is a kind of a sort of a kind of wild card, that for various reasons, you know, they can obviously be hugely technically gifted. Your sort of wild wild card player. So what you've got is a Di Canio or a Diego Maradona. Um, but they could also be, you know, because I think Marlon Harewood was a bit like that for us in that he was incredibly direct. Mm. And there were t- there were times when 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 Pardew was about to make a substitution where I'm going, bring Marlon on, bring Marlon. Because he'll just run at them. He'll just run at them ah. with the ball and create a bit of mayhem. And I think um, well, let, Antonio's good at that. Yeah. Well, let, me, let me try and retrieve the situation. <laughs> the situation. No, no, no. But um, um, if we aspire to be not as good as Tottenham, but in that realm, then I don't see Antonio getting anywhere near their first team. I see him as an impact sub there. Yeah. And if if that's where we are looking to be, even approaching that, then he shouldn't be the best player we've got. 
no, or no, the no, best no, forward no. we've no. got. We're trying to play him as a forward. No, the oh, one he's a great. So that might be that the teams that he's being linked with now, because you know he hasn't signed a new or he's not mm-hmm. renegotiating his deal. And the two teams he's most heavily linked with are Chelsea and Man United, mm-hmm. both as an, demonstrably but, better than us. But as yeah. an impact sub. I would have thought. Possibly, but then that's sort of what we thought he would be when he came to us and he forced his way in. He's in the England squad. Yeah. I never would have said yeah. he could have been yeah. an England player. Look, I'm not saying kick him out the team. No, no. I'm saying he's a, his strengths are all in his strength and his characteristics and his character. Um, as yeah, essentially he's not come touch. through. He's an unusual character in the sense that he's not come through the academy system and he hasn't been overcoached and he does have great footballing instincts i think you're right i don't think he has you know there there are elements to his to his game tactically there are elements to, i mean you know clearly he hasn't got a defensive sinew in his entire being <laughs> and that you know staggering that that Billich would would just have the hubris yeah. to think in a way i can i will be able to turn this this man mm. into a defender he really just can't defend i mean he's like kind of um, no, but, and equally up front, he, he I don't think he quite has the guy. No, the he's box. not. No, you know, if he's and, kind of following yeah. in a snapshot, he can often finish really well. Yes. Uh, but kind of one on one with the goalkeeper going through it clear through. There was one against Manchester United earlier yeah. this season mm. against De Gea when, when yeah. you know, he I just mean, hit it straight. Yeah, there's a, um, but, you know, yeah. he's. he's there's, you know, I, I, I like agree. As a support striker, though, because yeah. I, I think the one thing that the Arsenal game highlighted to me was that we cannot play good teams with just Carroll up front. No, no, no. We, no, we have been nowhere near good teams yeah. with just him playing as a lone no, striker. No. Now, I don't think Carroll was fit actually on Wednesday. I think they only played him no. because the alternative was an, an ill Antonio yeah, or, that's or right. a barely walking Sacco or yeah. Caleri, who he obviously doesn't fancy. But. I like um, Antonio as a second striker joining. Yeah, um, me too. and I, you know, I'd like to see that a bit more often. We're just going to take a little break now, and we'll be back after this message. Hello from the Geek Town Radio podcast, a show that gives you the latest TV, film, and gaming news, all from a UK perspective, plus the latest UK premiere dates and a ton of interviews from people such as Suits Lewis Lit, Rick Hoffman. It's crazy. The whole thing's crazy. To gaming royalty like Troy Baker and Nolan North. Would you really take a bullet from me? Uh, well, no. That's that's the acting. From behind the scenes people such as the directors of smash hit US comedy Veep. We love Geek Town. My kids wear your t-shirts. To screen legends. Hello. Such as Mr. George Decay. Star trekking across the universe. For all this and more, come join us on Geek Town Radio, available to download every Tuesday from your usual podcast supplier and from geektown.co.uk. Welcome back. Uh, We... um we're probably going to move on to uh, the Swansea game now um, uh, from the, because a lot of the issues kind of hang over. Uh, we were talking a little bit about um, uh, Carroll on his own up front was then just replaced like for like with Sacco, which clearly um, in retrospect suggests that Carroll was injured because we thought that it was, you know, at the time it seemed to be a substitution in search of getting back into the game so freshening up your striker but obviously leaving Carroll on for his height and getting on the end of crosses and bringing Sacco on would have been the go for me but didn't happen and I think everyone there was a sort of a kind of a groan of miscomprehension uh, when um, uh, um, 
when he brought on Sacco and replaced Carroll with yeah. Sacco. Well, especially as he wanted to do it at a set pit. You know, we, had, we actually had an attacking three yeah, things. It was, yeah, a, yeah, it was right, a very yeah, good yeah. game. <laughs> um, so that was very strange. Um, Sacco, uh, uh, as you pointed out in your blog, had his shorts pulled up in a look that I've never seen him have before. It sort of, <laughs> it was, it, it was almost like his shorts looked like a kind of baby grow. I think uh, if you had a back, back surgery, you pull your shorts up. As Maybe it is, yeah, possible, yeah. yeah. That thin layer of of um, polyester may protect your spine <laughs> All the from, yeah. from being kicked in the <laughs> kicked in the back by uh, you know Koscielny or whoever they had. Um, he wasn't playing, but. Um, Yes, very strange. And, you know, he just, just was unable to really influence the game because he's kind of on his own up front. Uh, yeah, I think we'd given up by that stage. Uh, yes. yes, I think we had as well. Oh, and true. he didn't then play in the Swansea game, despite being on the bench. And that's slightly... Surely he can't have picked up another injury in that Arsenal. Obviously not one enough for him to uh, be excluded from the team altogether, but one enough not to risk him or give him some game time. And because Cagliari came on instead of him, you'd think that Sacco could have done the job. Well, so Billich, wasn't Billich's hand forced a little with the uh, Antonio injury? Yeah. Because Sacco, he probably didn't think Sacco could last <clears throat> that long. He didn't want to game, risk yeah. that game. Yeah, I agree. That, and I think, uh, so that was probably the right move at the time. And I think Fernandez coming on, who I really like, actually. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably the right sub as well. So I'm not sure, and I can't remember the third sub, but I'm not sure where Sacco would have fitted in and how he would have helped at the, the, those stages of the game. No, if you could have left Carroll on, though, that's because you're just basically yeah. going two up front and, and, yeah. and buzzing around, you know, Sacco buzzing around the big man would, would be, you know, would seem like that might produce some kind mm. of, some result. But uh, but anyway, yeah, we um, we started uh, Swansea with Carroll and uh, Sacco on the bench, neither of whom featured in the game. So it, uh, So we really were kind of a slightly sort of weakened outfit in that. Um, Antonio is clearly just going to stagger on to the end of the season. He had a big injury that put him out of the ga- uh, out of out of the games. Then both games he's limped off early, Arsenal mm. and and Swansea. I think he's really just hanging in there till the end of the season. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean it was sort of again. I mean we we seem just shagged. Uh, you know, we we fitness seems to we we seem unable to produce the mythical or uh, the proverbial intensity that the the teams are all about this season um um you know we won it though one nil and it was it was yeah tough. we had more intensity than them i mean they yes. were they were dismal very poor weren't they? <clears throat> um and we were lucky that they were so dismal in, a, in <clears throat> some respects but we well the defense played played as as well as it's played for a, a long time uh collins had a great game <clears throat> Byram, I think, had his best game probably yep. in yeah. the West Ham shirt. Yep. Um, yeah. um, and, you know, Arthur looks all right, doesn't he? he I think he's looks good. okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they don't offer much. I think I think both Byram and uh, Masuaku look like they're good kind of attacking uh, fullbacks. Masuaku um, is very skilled. Uh, he sort of seems like he could Fast be feet. a midfielder. Yeah, yeah, very quick feet. Mm. And... Uh, 
a very good range of passing and very accurate passing. He's got this weird, not much back lift uh, when he when mm. he he kind of stabs the ball like like using a pitching wedge or something. Uh, um, he has the kind of chops of a midfielder rather than a, he links well with Lanzini, doesn't he? They they, mm-hmm. they, they seem to be on on yeah, one yeah. another's wavelength. Or they seem to on Boy, Lanzini could really use with uh, use yeah. some some people that are on his wavelength a bit. Yeah, is Masaka's defending frightens me a little bit. And, in the first 10 minutes against Arsenal, uh, the ball was played inside him twice and he didn't. Mm, really, he mm. seemed to have no conception that's where it was going to go. No, no. However, against Swansea, and he was up against, was it Routledge? Routledge, yeah. yeah. Stuck mm. him in his pocket, yeah. I thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah I thought he defended quite sensibly and yeah. did really well. And um, and certainly until he got injured last season, I was impressed with Masuaku. Well, I, th- I mean, I guess sort of... Uh, Took a lot of stick, didn't he? But I'm not sure it was Yeah. Fair. I think it was the West Brom game, didn't he? <clears> away. Oh, he went yeah. mad. Away. Yeah. Yeah, but, he handled the ball twice in one move. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Extraordinary. <laughs> yeah. Because that all happened in front of yeah. us. We went to that game and it was just extraordinary. No, he did well at Hull, I thought. If you uh, saw his yeah. little cameo. Yeah, yeah, no, he did. He did really minutes. well. Again, linking very well with Ayu and Lanzini on the left-hand side. Yeah, yeah. and as Phil yeah. said, someone needs yeah. to be on Lanzini's yeah. way for them. So yeah. I thought he did all right there. But no, agreed. I, kind of, I, I agree. I, I mean, you know, Cresswell hasn't been the same since he got injured. No, no. His only decent performance, well, not only one, but his best Palace. performance of the season was Palace, Crystal which was Palace. the first game back. And he hasn't looked the same since. So yeah, no, protect, I mean, I think I think it can have a massive psychological impact that kind of injury, especially mm. in a player who's in, who's been, you know, injury more or less injury free his whole career. Yeah. yeah, you get that one big, and it was a nasty tackle, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you can struggle really to get back. Well, you know, hopefully, you, you know, probably needs a good a full, whole full preseason. Yeah, full preseason. He, yeah, he's not going to suddenly become a bad player. No, I mean, no. I, you know, he'll get it's it's the old. You know, form temporary class permanent thing. Yeah. Uh, very interestingly, we we were uh, just before he scored in the run up to him scoring. We were talking about uh, Jim. You, um, you know, a, a sort of how poor Kiyati has been. Uh, and Jim, you were saying that it sort of feels like he's he's on his way. It's like you know, there's possibly his agent has said, "We'll get you a move." I, I fear. I think he's been messed about uh, yeah, with way, way, way too much. He's a real class performer. He's our mm, best mm. central midfielder. Um, he's got a great attitude. He's 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 he's, you know, he's physically strong. He get he gets about the place, but he's got good skill as well. He's he, you know, and he's he gets in goal scoring positions. That's that's when you see the best of him. He's not a right back. He's not even really a central defender, although he does a great job when he when steps he does in that, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's not even really a sit in front of the back four midfielder, no, no. to be honest. He's a box the box midfielder, and that's what he said when he when he signed and why he was getting a bit fed up at Andalek playing playing played in the back four. Mm. And and you know, good players like that don't deserve to be treated like Jonathan Spector. No, you know, no, it's, it's no, that's uh, right. you know that you, he's too good. And um, well, to- really top quality teams, you know, that they they will sometimes uh, go, uh, you know, here's skillful right winger, have a go at right. Like, you know, yeah, when, yeah. when Man U came and uh, briefly Giggs played right oh, back yes. for them. Yeah. You know, when yeah. a footballer's really, really talented and also everyone he's playing with is hugely talented, they go, right, I'll do a job at but, right back. It'll be not- sort of fun. But when Kayati's kind of your best attacking midfielder and your manager goes... Why don't you play it right back? You must yeah. go. Well, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, really? I, you know, I think there's, you know, 
when you have an injury crisis or yeah, whether a situation yeah. where needs obviously, must. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I'm not saying that you know his position should be sacrosanct, but it's 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 crazy when, especially when the team's not firing on the no, no. not to play your best your your, yeah. your your best players in their best position yes, and build the team around that. Yeah, yeah. And and Bilic, if he's if he's got a, a a failing this season, it's been this square pegs in round holes all over the park Mm -mm. in order to kind of make sure that everyone sort of fits in and sometimes you know you've got to he has started to kind of sub Noble from time to time but sometimes you've got to say Noble's position isn't necessarily sacrosanct in in, in the team so if Kiati is getting a bit pissed off he has looked to me out of sorts for some for some time not quite at it yeah. And uh, I was pleased that he got that goal and yeah. was fired up by it because he, cause he, you know, he did have one of his better games in recent times playing in his the rightful position. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know. yeah, he got forward after he scored the goal. But I mean, up to that point, I didn't think he was playing particularly well. No, you know, no, you know he was a little bit lacklustre, yeah, yeah. wasn't he? I think we've struggled since Obiang's been out. Yeah. I, I think with both Kiate and Noble, their natural instinct is not as as defensive midfielders no. and they were you know one ball it, not just in the Arsenal game but in games be, behind, before that and they were just taken out of the game they were too far forward they were the wrong side too often mm-hmm. and as much yeah. I do agree I think Kiati is a fantastic player and whether you can just step out of central defence and resume your duties back in midfield as though nothing had ever happened I don't know I've not mm-hmm. played football anywhere near that level no but that might have been why I suppose it's it a little bit of what's happening on training and whether you'll be you know yeah you but he's he, he, instant whereas Obiang 95% of the time seems to get it right and seems to make the right decisions. As, fan- as great as Kiati is as an all-round athlete and getting forward, his instincts of just covering that back four are not... not yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. But, but I, he's a, he gives you mobility. To me, he's like a firework. You just let him go, don't you? He, mm-hmm. he just appears all over the pitch. And we've lacked that all season, I think, because, because yeah. as you, you kind of touched on, really, Noble's position has been sacrosanct, so he hasn't really been at risk of the chop. Obiang's played really well, but that gives you two fairly stolid central midfielders who hold the middle yeah. what Kiata gives you is an ability to press far up the pitch which I thought we did very well yeah. uh, on Saturday and actually Caleri I thought did yes he did he yeah, was yeah. quite mobile yeah. and, and he did he it worked the line the in, a, in a kind of old fashioned yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean you know he didn't, yeah. he didn't there was no finished <laughs> finishing product no. but he can't have everything um, but, but, you could but tell. No, he worked hard and he, and and you he could tell moved he, their defence around he, had a, he has a striker's instinct in getting your body in front of the ball and shielding it from the central yeah. defender and bringing others into play yeah. and he was doing that Naturally, he had some lovely touches as well. I it's thought. a bit of a what if, isn't he? I think if he'd scored one of those goals, yeah, yeah. Had a great it's chances against it? Bournemouth and very early yes. on, yeah. if yeah. he just got one, you, it's, you know, you sort of think maybe he might have played a bit more than Zaza and you know some of those early games. But I think if, uh, I think if we had a sort of a you know what we what, what all the chopping and changing has meant this season is that we don't really have a system that someone can just come on and fit into, just yeah. clip into that system. You know, Zaza. You know, there's there's been a few players that that you know when we started going four four two at half time in the Palace game, and then sort of tried that a few more times. You kind of go, if we still had Valencia, if Valencia was up with Carroll, that would be great. Valencia's been played as lone striker or out wide. Um, quite a lot, you know, and it was starting yeah. to slightly fall into the chat room with Allardyce, which was I play four five one, I play one guy up there, um, Sam Bulldock. You're going to be on your own with five blokes miles behind you in the pitch. Mm. Uh, I want you to win long I mean, lofted balls. It's interesting, Sam, interesting. You, know. you you bring Valencia into the conversation because you, there, there's I thought of another couple of reasons why you might question Bilic's judgment. One one is you know we let we let Valencia go on loan. 
um, to rivals in effect. Well, in theory, as it's turned out, they've not been. But um, you let Valencia go on loan um, and you buy Ayu. And I'm not quite sure what Ayu offers that Valencia doesn't really. They're very, very similar players mm. in some respects, something in terms of what they, you know, what are they? What are, you know, in theory, not probably quite goals, but... Well, yeah, in, yeah no, it hasn't quite proven that way. And and the other one is, you, you, I, I think we'd all agree, you know, Obiang's been the great revelation of the of, of the season, although he, he looked good whenever he came not on a revelation. last season to me. No, no, you know, okay. yeah. Not to us, but to Bilic, apparently, because he seemed inordinately reluctant to to give him a chance, I felt. Yes, yeah, yeah, so I, you know. I think we're on to the Bilic conversation now. Yeah. Right? And, and this season's been... Uh, um, Quite interesting, especially in the last few weeks. Uh, uh, last night, um, both Allardyce and Wenger, through contrasting fortunes but in the same game, uh, have been under the kind of scrutiny of uh, the media and the fans of their own clubs. Ranieri, obviously, were, uh, was was a classic sort of example this season of uh, uh, changing the manager or what is the manager doing? Does the manager have the faith of the players? What's happening behind the scenes? Have they lost the dressing room? Um Bilic, you know, certainly your your um, blog, James, after the Arsenal game, started to raise some questions about Bilic. Uh, I think it's great that the that we're absolutely behind him in the stadium. The Bilic chants are great because he is he's sort of the manager of the team. When you're cheering him, you're cheering the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there are some, you know. Questions over, over certainly the summer's transfer window and. We think, Jim, you were saying this slightly, he might be a little just bamboozled now by the season. There's been so many injuries, so many yeah. changes that he slightly doesn't know what to do. Sam Allardyce, when we had our, in his middle Premier League season, when we had the kind of defensive crisis, I sort of feel slightly like, um, and I think Jim, you agree, that sort of Sam's brain turned a bit to mush, going, mm. I just... My players are just—they're all injured. I don't know what to do. Sam's kind of dogma uh, exacerbated that by going, you know, I don't—I just—I defend. All my defenders are injured. I literally don't know what to do now. Um, and that season was just a, a horror show. Uh, yeah, I think pressure—you know—that that intensity. We, again, like you say, we don't—we don't know what it's really like at, at top level, but or any level really in terms of sport. But um, that pressure clearly has an impact, doesn't it? It clearly scrambles people's brains. Um, you know, it's, it's whatever sports, you know, you're just watching that fantastically thrilling finish to the Masters, you know, mm. the, you, the kind of pressure just on a five-foot putt, you know, yeah. that you would sink all day long in practice. That kind of, it is head-scrambling stuff, isn't yeah. it? And, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and you add that to the fact that the pressure comes on the back of, a sense that if you if you concede a goal or you make a mistake, you're not going to get back from it. You know the the teams that are playing well. To me, like last season, we go a goal down, we go well. Well, so what? It's like when we were playing really well under Pardew in two thousand five six. Mm. We kept coming back from going one nil down. Mm, it didn't mm. really matter. You just everybody in the stadium. You know the, the, the support knew that. Oh well, no, we're still, we had a little so bit of what? that we're last still in season. The, yeah, we're still mm. in this game. When, when we went one down against Palace at Upton Park last season. I literally thought, doesn't matter, we'll score. Yeah, yeah. You just knew. Yeah. That you just knew. And in fact, we scored within about like two minutes or something. Mm. They kicked off and immediately were under pressure and we scored. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you, last season we had goals in us, you know, all season long. The was, body language when, when Hull scored their equaliser 
was was telltale stuff, wasn't it? Mm. That that you know, Fuguli had 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 rolled out a red carpet for Robertson to come to run into space from uh, from left back. He played that one two. Nobody got near anyone. He slotted the ball home, and just the slumping of shoulders and the kind of you know and, and the kind of slight bits of recrimination between players and whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a giveaway thing. They're under incredible pressure, and you thought, oh no, we're losing. We're lo-. I said, I, I turned mm-hmm. to Lawrence, who I was standing. Uh, standing there, so I said, oh, we're going to lose this now. Yeah. We're going to lose this now. Um, um, you know, you intensity seems to be sort of a real issue this season. It's a, you know, it, it, we, sh- we, we saw it in effect at Palace. It was what we were lacking. And then when we had it, we beat a team, you know, and, and we had a few good performances after that, Middlesbrough. Uh, and it was that. And then the, the Arsenal game, and, and to a degree, even though we won on Saturday, the kind of intensity wasn't there. And, and um, I read a sort of article recently that said um, training is very relaxed. It's very, uh, he's a really nice guy. They, you know, there's this convention that uh, they talk about in that Iron Man film that everyone shakes hands at the beginning of the day. It's all very, it's all very polite and it's sort of respectful of each other as players so that you don't carry on little recriminations onto the pitch. But it does, it does mean that, you know, we didn't, we weren't. We didn't come out like a kind of nasty bastard team against Arsenal and go right. We're gonna. We're just gonna try and ruin your day. Your manager is in a very fragile position. And we haven't done that this season against any good team. No, if, um, no, that's right. We no. have tried to out football Man City two games running in, mm. the, in the in the cup and then in the league. Now, if Hull had played them at that time. I would have played them like a relegation-threatened team. They would have sat back. They would have had 10 men behind the ball the whole time. They'd have been really intense. They would have roughed them up mm-hmm. and either scrambled a nil-nil draw or even try and scrape to win it or would have got... If they'd have gone down, it would have been through City's brilliance. Yeah. We come out and think, we'll just play football through these, through them. Yeah. And we've done that against all of the... All of the good teams. And actually, we don't maybe really. the Man U, we were, the Man U yeah, nil nil away, yeah. maybe an exception. I mean, last season though, we were playing really good counter-attacking football, weren't we? We, we were we were sitting back against big, against big teams, but when we got the ball, we had Moses, Lanzini, Payet, Antonio all Pyatt. break all break. We had Payet that could know. find them, and then yeah. we had pace. Mm-hmm. Unless it's Antonio. That's up front. He, what pay, we haven't got any pace. No, no, no that's right. Um, but there's a lot. There, there's you know, I I, I I hope he still has the dressing room. He seems like a nice guy, Billich. You know, I'm aware of not even right. seems he clearly is a nice guy. But um, you 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 wonder about the kind of lack of intensity. You wonder if he can really kind of mobilise these guys. So I'm now, I, I, so, I'm not sure he's got a great team this season. That's the problem. Is I'm now so looking crazy. back to his appointment and. Um, Having now seen what I've seen, I'm thinking, what, was, what were his credentials at the time? And there is nothing in his history that suggests that he would have been right as a top half going for Europe Premier League manager. He, there, there was the international, which mm. who knows how that is comparable. He managed in Turkey and he played for us. It was a massive leap of faith. Yes. And last season, as brilliant as it was, I don't know whether I can point to that being attributable to him or to Dix. I'd like to think it was, but I think you hit the nail on the head before about this lackadaisical attitude. I'm not surprised to hear that training is a nice, relaxed, friendly affair. Mm-hmm. And I don't imagine it is at Tottenham. 
where but you, you, know, pre- you would imagine that the training is the same this year as it was last year I mean I'm, I'm on the Billich out bandwagon actually so I'm sort of right. on the wrong side of it now but I, I would kind of argue the intensity stuff I'm not really sure I know what it means. You know, people, no, I know no. he raised it, which is, which is sort of interesting. And, yeah. you know, people, I, other I, well, it's a password this year. I, I would say, it? yeah, but I would say it's not just, I, I think it's a, it's a useful word because you sense it when you, and you know it when you see it. But I, I, I would say it's not just, a lot of people assume it's just about physical fitness. And I think it's not just about that. It is about confidence and self belief as well as, as well as uh, you know, being fit and being able to run around. It's, it's I think the belief oh. thing, to me, there's no belief in the side. That's what I no, saw no, at Arsenal. No, no. Actually, that's what kind of flipped the switch for me because I looked at a team that had no belief in themselves and no kind and, of muscle. Well, the, the, the Arsenal game... The a player Arsenal like Payet on form makes a massive difference. Well, yeah. Yeah. You've got the Arsenal game, the Arsenal game uh, pretty much the whole game, especially the second half. And actually, first half against Swansea, uh, we sort of played like strangers, like given goes. We're like, the go part didn't happen because the person was given to the first guy runs on and the second guy just doesn't give it back to him. Just kind of goes, oh, who can I pass now? And you go, oh, it's a fucking give and go. Haven't you seen these on telly when you were a kid? <laughs> That's him. what the guy's trying to get you to do. So crash all passes the ball to you. You give it back to him because he's going to run. And I mean, they literally, yeah. and, and that's when you get... Um, you know, this is chicken and egg, isn't it? Because it is somebody who is um, particularly culpable when our midfield misfires is Mark Noble, who just wants to take too many touches when he gets the ball, does his little 360. They all take too Yes, yeah, yeah, but... The, but, but my point is that they are then a co- they are a collection of individuals. They then form a big thing that then it's difficult to back and en- reverse engineer the idea that the midfield is playing badly. So then they all each play badly. He is a, he is you know typical of a thing that you're then going right. Is it Mark's fault or is it just the fault of the whole midfield? Because then you could just point at every individual and go right. We should just get a whole new midfield, and that's not true. You kind of go no. All these guys are good in their yeah. own right. You know, um, against Swansea, I sort of I, I, I thought a midfield with with Lanzini, Kiyati, Noble. Uh, that should be playing better. Gross. That should be playing mm. better. It's not gross. Should be playing better than this midfield is playing. Certainly in the Arsenal game, that was true. But actually against Swansea, it's true. You know, as individuals, these are good players. So, you know, you put all of these players could play in the midfield of a team better than us and hold their end up really well. And in fact, play better because they're surrounded by and better players. And the one players. fluid movement in the first half, we scored. Mm. Yes, that's the right. The one time yeah, they yeah. didn't hesitate, take three touches, figuring yeah. out what's going on. Yeah. Kiyati kept his run going, didn't he? I mean, it's sort of like mm. uh, Snodgrass's cute little sort of back heel to keep the run going was sort of demanded by Kiyati's run. Kiyati is going, yeah. you give it back to me, you know, and that's... Yeah, that from their end, you know, you look at it from a Swansea perspective, we've, we've conceded goals like this before, I mean, plenty of times. It, it, it was also the fact he can, he partly continued that run because they allowed him to. Mm. They like mm. parted like the Red Sea, didn't they? They, 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 they were dreadful. You know, I mean, I think uh, the, the context for Saturday is that Swansea are the worst team yes, I've seen yes. uh, us play and we were home. very fortunate. We were very fortunate. Mm. But haven't we got to question Pillich for this? If If... The players aren't sufficiently confident if they're not sufficiently clued up about where their colleagues are going to be at any mm-hmm. given time. We know we don't know what goes on in training, but you've got to query no, what the management is doing. No, and and, and uh, you know, I th- the reason the reason I invoke those those other managers is that Allardyce, you know, has um, 
you know, got this series of wins uh, Palace. You know, what happened at Leicester with Ranieri is, is it, you know, he, he, he must have been the kind of, you know, the head silverback in a, in a colony of silverback gorillas to win them the Champions League. And then they just all went off him. Suddenly, and then when he went, they started playing better again. You go, well, what happened there? What was the psychology there? What happened? Uh, you know, Wenger, something's happened at Arsenal, though they they have a relatively weak team. For well, us. one theory is that he, he basically kept, you know, after, after they kind of stayed up and they had their good run, he just kept them playing, playing the way that, you know, he kept the team this, more, mm. or less, more or less the same, kept them playing... Um, replaced Cambiasso uh, with um, Kante, with, with yeah. Kante. Um, but apart from that, you know, they they all knew what they were yeah. doing. All that, um, and he started this season sort of trying to play. And they've got the pressure of Champions League. Yeah, so, and they lost so, Kante. Um, and they were doing. They've done well in that. Mm-hmm. They've surprised teams, haven't they, with their yeah, energy yeah, yeah. and their pace. Um, and uh, you know, he started sort of mess. mess you know, they lost mm-hmm. Kante, crucial crucial loss. And he started messing things about, about and they didn't like yeah. it. I think was the. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'm never a great fan of the sacking the manager as the kind of the, the way out of a problem. And most managers don't get enough time. Most managers are pretty good and competent, you know, at this level. Um, and they don't, they very rarely get enough chance to sort of properly build. And build I wouldn't, the team well, they I want, wouldn't advocate you know, sacking you know. Billich, but I think we're into realms of leaps of faith. Yeah. I, 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 th- I think I uh, think I think Don, you're right. I think it is a you know I think it's one of the great mysteries what happens. Uh, in a training ground with a football team, what a manager actually does, you know, it's a huge sort of mystery. There was a, uh, I did um, Sam Delaney's uh, radio show once at Talk Radio um, with a guy that was actually working at the time at QPR when Harry was manager, and so that uh, Harry and uh, Joe Jordan kind of came out, set up some training with you know, fluorescent bibs and stuff, kind of got eight of the players off doing this drill, and didn't give the remaining kind of. 18 anything to do so there's 18 guys watching eight people do something and joey barton who was at the side just turned around and went uh what the fuck do you want us to do just stand around and watch these fuckers doing this drill fucking get it together give us something to fucking do and this is like you know how he's been managing (laughs) how he's been managing for years and years but somehow you know just fails to run a train fails to give everyone something to do in a training session you know is it really like that it's actually quite sort of shambolic the one thing i learned i you know i had a i had a sitcom and um and um through a directive from the broadcaster an actress was fired from it in the first after the end of the first series and um it was really horrible because i she was a friend of mine and and uh, i my perspective on it was the best person to now play her role is her if you just tell her what she did wrong. It's like you don't just sort of slot out something that doesn't work and just put another one in and see if that works. I sort of hope that Billich still sees himself as a kind of fairly new manager. The Premier League is a sort of big challenge and that he's learning from these things because this season he is seeming a little bit stubborn and dogmatic. And, you know, all that stuff with Antonio Mm -hmm. at the beginning. uh, Sometimes, you know, there are other things he does, the, the, you know, finally getting Antonio back, getting sort of the front line that's the best he's got at the moment. He had no intention of But still playing Antonio on the left. It's like, 
Come on, man. He had no intention of buying a left back until his hand was No, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, the summer transfer window is extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. They were going to start a premier campaign with in a 60,000-seater stadium with one left back. It's mm. almost fortunate that Cresswell got injured yeah. because they bought another left back. And that's insane. That's insane. And if you wonder what the relationship is between the kind of board and the manager, it's like it can't just be like some shitty company where, where you know, like... Alison sort of doesn't wash enough or kind of leaves mouldy cottage cheese in the bit, but no one can talk to her. Do you know what I mean? I, I actually, when, when Sullivan and Gold kind of announced that summit with, with Sam Allardyce, people thought it was um, uh, undiplomatic of them and very bad form to do it. But given that Allardyce literally in every interview he gives goes, I won't change. I know, I know how to play football. I'm not going to change anything. I'm, when... Certainly, I, I were going, you, you could really do with a training course. You should go on a coaching course because you just had one tactic. Uh, I thought it was good that they did that. And, I, uh, and similarly, some of the things they've said, so I'm really going on about kind of, we think he should maybe change his backroom staff. I think that is a little bit of a cry for help from Sullivan and Gold in that, that they're, they're going, maybe they, you need a devil on your shoulder to go, no, Slav, you've been playing Antonio right back. So, you know, need some kind of sounding board or someone that's maybe gonna, you know, sort of ameliorate some of his. The, the no, we'll be all right playing Antonio at right back. No, I'll sell Tompkins, and Collins is having a great game, and we'll never grow old. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure I trust them to make those judgments. I no, mean, no. I mean, to be honest, actually, yeah. that's my biggest fear about getting rid of Billich. The people who would be replacing or making the decisions to replace him yeah. don't know what they're doing. No, and. I mean, you did touch on it, though. The thing that, to me, is different this year is we're in a 60,000-seater stadium. You know, yeah. we, we gave up Upton Park to move to the, to the Olympic Stadium. Yeah. We've moved the goalpost literally. So you can't go to Arsenal anymore and not have any idea how you're going to win the game. No, no. You can't have crappy transfer windows where you... I mean, we, we spend more than or just slightly less than Tottenham on wages yeah. and transfers, but to absolutely no effect. And... At some point, that has to change because we, you know, we changed the identity of the club. Yeah. And there was a sort of trade, wasn't there? We would all move to the Olympic Stadium, not kick up about it. <laughs> that didn't really work in the first few games of the season. No. But, you know, we, we would accept that. But the trade-off would be we, we're going to be better. But what, yeah. there has to be a time scale to that, though, doesn't there? Yeah. True, but don't get immediately worse. <laughs> no, that's right. Well, I thought we it was inevitable we were going to get immediately worse. We couldn't have I, a season I really like last season, that. but yeah. we shouldn't be just above the relegations. No, no, that's no. right. And, that's and right. the Pyatt thing. Yes. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sort of that's made, I think that had a huge impact. I think that made a big, big, big difference. It, if he, but, massive, it, but, yeah. but again, you know, not, it's not just about him. Uh, it, it's about the fact that we didn't bring in the kind of players he was obviously expecting us, and probably, no. possibly had been promised we yeah. were going to going to bring in. You know, he was expecting that he was going to be playing with people like Lacazette, wasn't he? You yeah. Know, yeah. But no, he wasn't. The window <laughs> did make the yeah, team yeah. worse rather yeah. than better. But getting what? rid of Collins, not buying. Uh, getting rid of Tompkins, not buying a left back mm. uh, until you know the a scramble on the last day of the season. You know. You can, you, you know, those closed seasons, or, or well, no, when the previous season is on, you can start identifying targets sort of straight away. But whilst yeah. that's true, we've still got a squad that is pretty good, that should be mid-table in the Premier League. And I, and I do fear the reason we're not is because of poor decision-making, because of the lack of fullback cover Mm-mm. and messing about and yeah. people in unnatural positions. No fit strikers. Yeah. No fit strikers. And, yeah. I, and I just don't think Billich has 
covered himself in glory and I do want him to stay and I do want him to suddenly come good. Yeah. But, I, but I see no signs of that happening. There's no rationale behind me wanting him to stay. I just no. like the bloke. Yes. So, which does count for a lot. You, and so you hope that they have a kind you. of open enough kind of dialogue, you know, because it is, you know, work practices are, are you know, I know, I know I'm, I'm sort of using, mm. you know, it's in an office, it's amazing how sort of poor working relationships are. Someone is, has, does something that makes the rest of the sales team cross and no one can really talk to them about it. You know, it's sort of, I, 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 I really feel that, that, that you want, you know, the, the, the ball to sit down with Slavin and say, do you understand what went wrong? And, you know, if you, you have to tell us if you need a cover, you know, cover at left back, or if you think Burke or, you know, Oxford or, or Bonner can, can cover us at left back, because, you know, the fact that we were going to start a Premier League season with one left back is extraordinary to me. I mean, you mm. sort of touched on this, really, but I mean, it's clear we—he's we, got many, and as you say, he's got many virtues. That his, his honesty and his openness with the media and the way he deals with things, and the fact he's clearly erudite and 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 in some respects a good man manager. But the, the big the question is, you know, the players clearly like him, but are they scared of him? Mm-hmm. And uh, to to be a really strong, effective manager, you've got to both have that have that the kind of your players have got to like you, you've got to want to play for you because they because they, they they like you and respect you, but also got to be a bit a bit scared of you. Yeah, they have to well, fear respect. that they will lose yeah. your respect, lose the their respect. Yeah, yeah. Um, we we have this has been quite a long one. I think we may have to uh, wrap this up now, but. Uh, um, very quickly, predictions for the Sunderland game, which certainly... I'm going to. Don, you're going to. Going to Jim, you're going to. James, you going to that? Oh, no, I'm going to no, vote on, on the, on the North Football. <laughs> avoiding all contact with this game. I think I'd rather be there. Predictions, um, predictions. I think we'll... I, I, oh, they are terrible. Uh, Defoe will score. Uh, well, I think we'll, 3-1, we'll win 3-1. 3-1, Don. 2-1 win. 2-1 win. One all draw, I say. Mm-hmm. One all draw. I, th- I think we might lose because Sunderland. Uh, yeah, they are yeah, terrible, yeah. but they do at the end of the year they have a bit of a run. Yeah, but yeah. I, just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, two one Sunderland. He says optimistically. Very good. Um, yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, good for them. <laughs> I'll never come uh, back. Will I? <laughs> yeah. um, this has been Stop Hammer Time. My name's Phil Whelans. With me being James Grant. Cheerio. Don the Hammer. Cheerio. And James Kearns. Good boy. Come on, you irons. If you like this podcast, come and join me, Mark Webster, for the Whistleblowers, a weekly show that looks at the topics that all football fans are discussing this week at thewhistleblowers.net. And it happens to be brought to you by the same lot that produced this one. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.